Which one of us do you want to start? You start it, Vicky. This is Vicky. And this is Vince. And you're, oh gosh. See? <laughs> and this is Low Profiles is... with Marky Morrison. Mark Lee. Mark Lee. I said Marky. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to take good. a couple okay. times, okay? All right, I think that, I think you got it. Low Profile with Mark Lee Morrison. All right, and here's what we're going to be talking about today. Well, John, New York has always been the center of the avant-garde, but every so often, some artist or performer comes along who is so, well, out there that even the avant-garde sits up and takes notice. Right now, there's such a singer who's been performing at the small clubs for the past year and has been attracting a lot of attention. His name is Klaus Nomi, and we caught him today in rehearsal this afternoon. At first, he seems like some sort of alien, a visitor from another planet. With his bizarre makeup and dreamlike movements, his Weimar tuxedo spaced out in future shock, singing the tune that made Marlena Dietrich famous, but in a way no one back in the 30s could even dream of. But even in the 1980s, Klaus Nomi does things that people still don't dream of. This classically trained operatic tenor, who's also worked as a pastry chef and vegetable cutter, likes singing soprano falsetto arias in, of all places, rock clubs. Nomi's approach to his musical act is not unlike his approach to his own appearance. A strange mix indeed. I think of it in, in a way like making pastries, desserts. I used to make pastries. <laughs> Some New Yorkers know me very well. Uh, and I like to use certain good ingredients yeah. and mix up uh, these uh, ingredients and I form a new dessert and I top it with cream. I'm using uh, many different elements, such as opera and uh, rock and uh, new wave and disco and whatever is available, you know, with what is dear to me. Oh, any, any thoughts? <laughs> He's like an early Talking Heads guy, you know? His outfit and his music, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely a song and dance man. Mm-hmm. An entertainer for sure. So, um, yeah, we're we're talking about Klaus Nomi today, and he uh, is deceased. Uh, he he died. Well, I just get this out of the way so we don't have to dwell on it and have a gloomy come down. He he died um, in like I want to say eighty three, eighty four, uh, of what was known then as grid. Uh, gay-related immune deficiency is what they were calling it at that time. Oh, it's probably AIDS though, right? You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't know what it was or what to call it, but they just, uh, you know, they generalized it. And then, like, you know, junkies started coming in with it too, so they figured out it was, you know, blood thing happening and not gay related <laughs> so it wasn't sexual it was blood shooting up and yeah i mean it could be transmitted various ways so 
But anyway, uh, now we got that out of the way, <laughs> we can lighten up a little bit and talk about what a cool performer and uh, innovator this guy was. So he... Uh, He's got that sharp look to him like Freddie Mercury too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Very like well-groomed. If you guys are listening and you have not heard of or seen a photo of Klaus Nomi, you should uh, go ahead and look that up now so you know what we're getting into here. He's a very, he was very much a visual artist as much as a singer. And um, he, he really, he really tied all these different worlds of pop culture in New York together. Um, he, he initially started performing um, in New York City um, at these sort of uh, underground vaudeville shows where um, you might have like a punk band or two come play, but also you're gonna have like um, acrobats and stand-up and performance art. Um, you know, you might have somebody juggling meat or <laughs> who knows. But uh, Klaus showed up at one of these things um, one night and just totally blew everyone away. And um, actually have a video of the performance. Uh, you can you can find it on YouTube. He's doing his uh, tribute to one of his favorite artists, the opera singer Maria Callas. And um, I'm gonna actually switch between the tracks. I'm gonna try to sort of DJ my way through this and see if you can spot, I mean, they sound really similar. Here we go. This is his debut performance. song he was singing by Maria Callas. Virtually identical. Yeah. I didn't even Pretty amazing. you switching the tracks either. Yeah, um, but he had this kind of, uh, I'm going to sort of skip toward the end. Uh, it got kind of sinister. Right now, he's just sort of standing with his arms out, eyes wide, gazing around at the room. And he's wearing um, a clear plastic sort of trench coat with a really high collar. Um, That's the part that reminds me of Freddie Freddy Mercury, right? Freddie Krueger or Freddie Mercury, Vicky? <laughs> Not Krueger, Mercury, excuse me. The Wi-Fi is going to be a little spotty here today, it looks like, so um, my clips might end abruptly, but that's okay. If, you know, you we like just those get the high, gist of it. high collars. I don't know if you heard that. At the end of like this beautiful opera aria, he 
brings in sounds of like explosions and screaming and lasers and just sort of looms over the audience looking at him like some kind of Dracula, you know? <laughs> yeah, it becomes very cacophonous. Yeah. So Vince, you're sort of a local expert on the subject of aliens and other, uh, what would, what, what would you, how would you describe yourself? Uh, I would I would describe myself as a, a researcher of really bizarre, weird things, mostly in the Northwest, but the world over. I, I get a kick out of extraterrestrial topics, uh, which is one of the big things that draws me to Klaus Nomi. He, he uh, performed and uh, lived his public self as if he was an alien. You think he could have been? I think with a voice like that, there, there's a little bit of alien DNA in there. Y'all believe in aliens? I do. Absolutely. How about you? I've seen some weird stuff in my day. So, um, I, I used to live in an aerospace town. I, I grew up in uh, Lancaster, California, in the Mojave Desert. And... Uh, one time when we were picking up my dad from work, uh, he worked for an aerospace company. And uh, we saw this massive plane with short little wings just start hovering very slowly up into the air. And we watched it for about five minutes, it seemed like. I, I don't know how long it really was, but it seemed like a long time. And, uh, it just got up to a certain point, maybe like a hundred feet up, stopped, and then pow, takes off. Dang, that's that's a definitely some experimental craft of some sort, be it human or or none. That's mm -hmm. very cool. I feel like they might have, you know, traded somebody on planet Zaphod or wherever for you know some of our technology that they didn't have. I hear all the best mechanics do come from Zaphod. Mm -hmm. So Klaus Nomi had this uh, fascination with opera and 1950s rock and, uh, you know, the, the sort of new wave sound, which he, he called it, uh, they, somebody called his music Future Wave around like, you know, 1979 or whatever, when he's uh, sort of breaking ground. Um, and he said, no, this isn't future wave. This is now wave. The future is now. And he really believed that and just lived out his, you know, sci-fi fantasy world that, you know, he'd grown up with. So his name was a, a pun, like, do you know me? You think you know me? Um, matter of fact, I didn't even... Um, Cue this up for, um, for this show. Was that a picture of him without his makeup and his costume that I just saw there? You, yeah, there. Looks very he, different without all that stuff on, doesn't he? Yeah, he like there's like a regular person, huh? <laughs> yeah, there's footage. There's a documentary about this guy that um, isn't very easy to come by unless you get. <laughs> um, if if you're listening and this still exists, Netflix is a DVD program. That's how I got to rewatch this. 
That's what performance is about, though. Putting on your costume, your makeup, and entertaining people. And becoming someone different. Yep. This is uh, sort of his theme song, if you will. It's, it's called the Know Me Song. If they saw So basically, Klaus Nomi shows up at this vaudeville thing, and uh, one of the bands there uh, really enjoys what he's doing, and they decide that they're gonna try to form up behind him and turn his, you know, stage like operatic performance art thing that we just watched um, into a, you know, a pop group, more or less. So. They're doing covers of old, uh, you know, oldies, Marlene Dietrich, and uh, what's that song, Lightning Strikes by Lou Christie. Yeah. There's a Leslie Gore song too, doesn't he? Yes. Um, you Don't Know Me, which is, you don't or You me. Don't Own Me, but he, he flipped it. <laughs> um, this is a song called Total Eclipse. You guys here can see like that he's in his full traditional costume that he always wears and then his band is just dressed like a bunch of schmoes very plain clothes bland they're wearing like white jumpsuits well, he stands out as the front man he's like he's this is his kind show. of a weird little I'm looking for, you know, what do you wear when you go to a wedding? 
tuxedo? A veil? Tuxedo. A tuxedo. Looks, he's wearing this fancy tuxedo. Yeah, I dressed up as this guy for Halloween about, gosh, eight or nine years ago. And uh, I'll tell you how, everyone at home, here's how you make a Klaus Nomi costume. So first of all, you just need some tight-fitting black coveralls. Uh, you know, a onesie will work, tight sweatpants, leggings, spandex, whatever you can come across. I found a, a black turtleneck and some uh, black pajama pants that were uh, form-fitting. Then I went to the dollar store and I bought a lumbar support uh, thing for an office chair. Like it kind of straps around the back on a big piece of elastic, mm -hmm. pops your back out. That was the base for the chest piece, the, the breastplate, if you will. Oh, okay. So I cut a hole in that for my head to fit through. And then I uh, also at the dollar store, I got a big piece of black uh, poster board and a white one. And from that, I formed the big triangle tuxedo and the bow tie and um, the collar. So, uh, and I also bought some black shoe polish and uh, fixed my hair up like that with black shoe polish uh, instead of pomade, put it in my eyebrows and then covered my face in white face paint, some cheap gloves. The whole costume cost me about nine bucks and it took me about two weeks to get that damn shoe polish out of my hair. <laughs> so Klaus Nomi, the man, was a pastry chef for his day job and also a passion. Um, he went on the New York TV show uh, on public access called TV Party, where a lot of the local punk bands would play. And he went on that show and did his uh, same routine he had done at the vaudeville thing with his clear cape, um, singing the opera with the destructive ending. Uh, but he also uh, brought a bunch of really fancy, delicious looking pastries he had made. It's like intricate designs. And uh, he referred to his friends as names of pastries if he really liked them. Oh. So, you know, a sweet guy. Uh, so the, I guess the way he got into the opera music was that he brought home an Elvis record and uh, he had stolen money from his mom's purse to buy an Elvis record. His mom found out and took it away and gave him a Maria Callas record. And he was just as enamored with it. I myself have never... Uh, on purpose listen to opera music. I don't know about you guys. I've stumbled upon it a few times. Mm. You an opera fan, Vicky? Uh, when I was a teenager after school, I used to love to come home and put opera on and sing to it by myself before my parents got home, actually. I, I love the high energy, the high screeching. Did you like uh, Pavarotti? Honey, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> is, is that a pastry? It should be. No, he was he was one of the three tenors. That's mainly my exposure to opera was that my grandparents liked to watch the three tenors. 
And um, I would say, I, I remember I'd say, nah, that, that really big guy, he sings way too loud. I just remember always thinking he was too loud. And they're like, you better not complain too much or he'll come sit on you. <laughs> I think sad. I got exposed to opera via Bugs Bunny. Oh, sure. What's opera, Doc? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Broomhilda, you're so lovely. Yes, I know it. I can't help it. I don't remember the rest, but... That sounds about right. Yeah. Carmon, on top of that, Gibson Brothers just won out another deal. So we got cars coming out of our ears. And we gotta move on. New car. Plus. Plus. Used car. Prices on SUVs locked in. So here's the deal. Gibson Brothers certified employee pricing plus 0% financing. Yes, that's right. You pay what we pay. We're about to get you squared away with some burning hot deals. Locking no weight, GTS. Price on a 12965. 0%. Come down to Gibson Brothers Auto Mall. We're here today and we're here to stay. In Bogart. I want to play um, just a little more of his music if we can get away with it. Um, this is Klaus Nomi's take on Chubby Checker, and this really, uh, it's very alien to the point of he's, he's just addressing us as humans. <laughs> addressed yet strangely that he he's from Germany he's a Berliner that uh, immigrated to New York when he was in his early adulthood and uh, people recalled when he first moved into town um, he, he would always bake for his neighbors and they could walk around the courtyard of their apartment areas and uh, hear him just singing beautifully out through his window. 
while they were, you know, early in the morning or all hours of the day, I guess. And uh, his home was sort of a hub for artists. He would just invite people into his home um, and let them, you know, stay for days at a time. And uh, they would just bring over, you know, art supplies or music equipment. Um, but he, he had an open door and uh, was just very kind. And I think that's sort of why he, he took off. And, you know, I think he would have gone a whole lot further um, if he had had the chance. You know, I feel like he's one of those guys that's so out there that, um, you know, so unique that he would have been a household name. And he probably would have gone on to uh, do some pretty fun covers of other like 50s or 60s songs as well. Oh, yeah. If, if, if you could like have your dream Klaus Nomi cover that doesn't exist from that era, what, what would you pick? Um... I, I think I'd pick uh, Dizzy by Tommy Rowe. Oh, that would be really good. Yeah. I'd love to hear him do Suspicious Minds by Elvis. That's a good one. How about you, Vic? No comment. No comment. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he's... Uh, I remember him fondly, and I just wanted to tell more people about him. His name's Klaus Sperber, and he'll forever be known as Klaus Nomi. Did you know he collaborated with David Bowie? Mm-mm. I had never heard anyone uh, like reference Queen and like or like Freddie Mercury, but I totally see that now. Um, just because he was such a you know big personality. It's his costume and his makeup and how sharp he sings, how sharp he moves, you know? Yeah, he's like almost robotic sometimes. Yes. Yeah. And and the robotic part reminds me of the talking heads because they were just, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Very herky-jerky dance mm-hmm. moves and... and... And wore, you know, colorful costumes mm-hmm. that were very entertaining, very different. Yeah. His his only his biggest uh, thing that happened for him in his very brief career was that uh, he met David Bowie, and uh, him and his bandmate Joey Arias, um, Bowie asked them to come onto Saturday Night Live and sing backup with him, and. Uh, Klaus also helped uh, design the costume that he wore for that, which was very similar to the tuxedo that he would later have. Um, it was sort of based on that. Uh, oh, they yeah, only... I remember David Bowie in a video where he had a tuxedo. Yeah, now this this isn't a video, it's just a still, but it's got a little bit of the, the music here. They, they sang with him on The Man Who Sold the World and uh, danced. And Klaus was in a less elaborate outfit. If you see here, he's uh, still kind of a funky-shaped, like, you know, shoulder pads, kind of all-black outfit. And Bowie's got 
a giant plastic tuxedo that they actually had to carry him to the microphone in because he couldn't walk in it. Um, and this is a little the audio from that, doing The Man Who Sold the World. I gaze the gazely stare, but all the millions here we must have died alone a long, long time ago. So, yeah, that was the only time he would wind up performing with Bowie, although they, they'd been talking about collaborating further. It just didn't work out. Um, but man, this guy really, his, his music really touched me. And uh, I just hope it reaches some of you guys out there too. Maybe you could tell somebody about it. He's just a simple man doing the best he could. I do the best I can. I got a simple, simple plan. I hope you understand. I'm just a simple man. I'm hoping you understand. It's such a simple, simple plan. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, you guys should all look up the video for Simple Man. It, it has multiple Klaus Nomi's in it. Well, I feel like we covered some ground here. Um, Vince, you want to tell people about your TV show? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm the producer and sometimes co-host of a uh, internet uh, video show called Pacific North Weird, and we, we cover uh, bizarre weird things throughout the Pacific Northwest, such as UFO history, extraterrestrial encounters, Bigfoot, haunted places, cryptozoology, weird roadside attractions, all the things that make this part of the world just pretty darn strange. You can find us at PacificNorthWeird.com. And I highly recommend it. Well, I'm going to be checking that out. Thank you. <laughs> and Vicki Atkins, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Vince, I believe you had some more stuff you wanted to share with us. Yeah, well, uh, in, in thinking about Klaus Nomi, I, I realize he's part of like a really grand lineage of musical performers who adopt extraterrestrial personalities um, as their uh, performance, uh, as their performance identities. And uh, two particular musicians came to mind uh, in, in researching this. Um, one is called Zolar X, and they are uh, uh, kind of this, this 
obscure glam rock band uh, from the early 70s and they all claimed to be extraterrestrials and even invented their own alien language that they would sometimes perform with. Oh my gosh. And I found one of their songs that what? I like called uh, Vintage Acetate. All right, yeah, let's hear some Zolar X. Zolar X, a yeah. band that claims to be aliens. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're wonderful. I just love their look. I love their aesthetic. And um, one of the uh, founding members actually follows Pacific North Weird's Instagram page. Oh, wow. Which is pretty cool. So what, where are they from geographically besides outer space? Uh, L.A. Okay. Which is pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Not too far off there. Yeah. And uh, they, they were featured also in the, uh, the uh, 2004 documentary, Mayor of the Sunset Strip, about uh, Rodney Bingenheimer. So Rodney on the Rock. Yeah, yeah, Rodney on the Rock, definitely. And yeah, uh, just a, a really interesting band to dig into. I don't know a whole lot about them, but I've just always been appreciated, appreciative of them on the periphery. Wow. So... Uh... That's great, and you're in touch with one of them. What else you got for us? Um, we also have uh, one of my favorite, I guess, novelty musicians uh, who goes by the name UFO Phil. And he, he also, in his act, claims to be an extraterrestrial. He's uh, <clears throat> way more on the humor side than Klaus or Zolar X. Um, it, if you've heard of UFO Phil, you probably know him. Um, as the closing music each Friday night on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, which is the, the show that Art Bell founded back in the 90s. One of the, one of the most... Uh, it, it's an institution. Absolutely. It's like the Tonight Show of Paranormal Talk Radio. Yeah. And uh, UFO Phil um, is actually a really good friend of ours. Um, he's actually come up and uh, visited, visited us once on a, a film shoot at this extraterrestrial convention we were at in Olympia. And uh, UFO Phil even wrote a theme song uh, for Pacific North Weird that we use in some of our videos. But um, I have a song from one of his albums called Gravity. The album is Gravity Brings Me Down. All right. UFO Phil. <laughs> 
UFO Phil. I think more singers should pretend that they're aliens. I agree. Yeah. Well, this has been another episode of Low Profile with Mark Lee Morrison. I'd like to thank my guests again, Vicki Atkins and Vince Inzunza. Please check out Pacific North Weird. You'll be glad you did. Mark, thanks for having me today. Yeah, Mark, thank you. This is a lot of fun. My pleasure. And Miles Rosati, our engineer, thank you so much for setting this up for us. We love you. He's an unidentified flying object. You will see him in the air. He's an unidentified flying object, and you will drop your hands and stare. You will be afraid to tell your neighbors, they might think that it's not true. But when you open up the morning papers, you will know they've seen it too. Wow, thanks for joining me on those harmonies, Miles. Yeah, of course. This is Miles Rosati, the engineer of the episode you just listened to. Esteemed engineer. Oh, thanks. As a matter of fact. Um, the unidentified object that's flying uh, in question is Jesus Christ. <laughs> None other. <laughs> None other than Jesus H. Christ. And the man who's singing about it is none other than Larry Norman. Now, who's Larry Norman? Larry Norman is the original badass of Christian rock. And, as it happens, he's the subject of our next episode of the What's the show called again? Um, gosh. Uh, low. Yeah, uh, that's fresh. Um, Downtown Olympia noise is happening. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, we're, we're here at my apartment here in downtown Olympia. I think the show is called Low Profile, but I'm not sure. I feel like it's Low Profile with something. Something. Yeah, with with Marky, Marky Morrison, I think. Uh, of the Funky Bunch? Yeah, the Funky Bunch. Okay, well... I'm really happy to be a guest host on this show. Yeah. And, Welcome, uh, Mark Lee, to Low Profile. The next episode is about Larry Norman, the original badass of Christian rock. I think we got a title there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good title. Um, thank you so much for listening to this show, everybody. I really love Klaus Nomi. I hope you enjoyed the instructions on how to make your own costume. I think this Halloween is going to be banging globally. Yep. Due to those instructions, uh, everybody send pictures of you wearing your Klaus Nomi costume. Yeah, the Nomi to, Army out uh, in full Instagram, force. L O Low Pro Podcast on Instagram. Do you want a hashtag in there too? Hashtag. DIY know me. <laughs> now, um, you'll notice probably if you listen to the first episode that 
This isn't a show about country music, necessarily. And it's also not necessarily a show in which I interview people that were directly involved with the artist. Although I did try. With Klaus, at least, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I gave it a shot. Um, there are subsequent episodes. I have episodes mapped out until the month of June. And there will be multiple interviews on upcoming episodes. Uh, but I think just this roundtable format is a really fun way to, you know, especially this format of having two people who are fans of the artist and know a little something, mm -hmm. and then one person who's sort of the innocent bystander. Yeah. Um, so you'll, you'll be seeing some more of that when I can't actually get in touch with the artist or people that were close to them. Um, I, I wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon account, and uh, if you guys want to support me for a buck, a quarter, two billion dollars, uh, 350 whatever i i don't know what amounts you can give on there but i'm gonna be putting out special content so you're gonna hear outtakes and you know like the last episode i did has hours oh, literally yeah. hours like i could make a mini season out of the last episode if On i wanted to i might you never know yeah um this stuff is piling up I, I also wanted to give a shout out to anybody who might have a friend that they're going to tell about this episode or the one before it or just about the podcast in general. Um, you, I'm sure you, if you like this, you probably know someone else who might like it. So please just go and tell them. Yeah. And thanks for telling them. You know? Yeah. Thanks in advance. Um, there's some people that I want to do stories about that are just, it's like pulling hen's teeth, trying to get info on these folks. So if anybody listening has heard of these five artists that I am fishing for goods on, uh, we got Bobby Brown, AKA Bobby Frank Brown, AKA not that Bobby Brown. Um, we got Ann Steele who, uh, made one incredible album with a guy named Roberto. We got Edna Gibson, lady who played some country music uh, and tape recorded it herself. And then at some point, a big box of her home recorded tapes wound up in a barn and I bought them. Uh, lives in Southern Oregon or used to live in Southern Oregon. I'm assuming. Yeah, who knows? Uh, who knows? Edna Gibson or her kin in Southern Oregon played country music with her friends. Great stuff. There's going to be an episode about him, whether I find anything or not. Hans Aduda, the guru from Berkeley, German immigrant, made a couple great folk pop albums. Wow. Um, sold a lot of copies or gave them away or I don't know they're out there mm -hmm. um, great stuff and the guy has a hell of a story as far as my research has told me and then uh, 
Miles, you hit me with someone named Stan Hubs. Yeah, it's one of my favorite records. My friend Lucy turned me on to it, and she just bought it because of uh, of the cover. It's a beautiful uh, portrait of Stan, who's kind of balding, has longer hair, great smile. Um, but yeah, that record is fantastic. It's called Crystal. Um, it was made in the Redwoods in the early 80s, maybe 81, if I remember right, 82, something like that. Um, and the record label's name is escaping me right now, but it's been reissued. Um, but, yeah, there's scant that's, information about Stan Hubs out for me. there. Yeah. Well, I, my, my friend Jeff wrote me back. He lives in... Uh, the Emerald Triangle Oh yeah, where Stan Hubs is from and right. he did a little bit of digging and he texted me back and was like did you know he's the only person to have ever died of a pot overdose? Oh yeah, it should be mentioned yeah, his legend that, he, that he's the only person to die of a pot overdose and it makes sense if you listen to Crystal it's a stoned masterpiece so I really want to thank some people first of all Right here in front of me, Miles Rosati. Oh, everybody. Well, you're very welcome. This guy right here, just one in a million. Oh, thanks, Mark. Um, my guests on the show, Vicky Atkins and Vince Zunza. Come see Vicky at St. Frank's Bread Store in Olympia, Washington, and uh, watch Vince's show, Pacific North Weird, on the internet. And uh, we listened to some music by Maria Callas and David Bowie. And Vince played us some music from Zolar and UFO Phil. And then we had lots of music, of course, by Klaus Nomi himself. Um, everybody, please rate and review this show. Sure. If you enjoyed it, if you didn't enjoy it, whatever. I, I'll, I'll take all kinds. But if you have the time of day to say, oh, you didn't talk about this guy or this aspect of Klaus Nomi's personal life, um, there is a documentary out there called Nomi Song, and I highly recommend you buy it. It's available digitally. It's great. Me and Vince watched it in preparation because there's little to no info about this guy out there. Right. Um, and that was a very, very valuable resource. Uh, anything else, Miles? I think that's it. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to Klaus Nomi. What a guy. Yep, and uh, check in with us in three weeks for an episode on Larry Norman. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Bye.